You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that will whoop your arsenal. I am Faisal American and with me are Karami Kamil. Hello guys. And Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Nice save there with the Arsenal. Eh? Yeah, if we were <laughs> Arsenal, uh, these two guys would be the Arsene Wenger and Thierry Henry of the podcast. I am the equivalent of Francis Jeffers. Anyone still remember him? Apart from you old fogies. <laughs> anyway, the second round of Champions League group matches are through. And man, do we have a lot to talk about. So let's get to it. First up, Barcelona lost 3-0 to Benfica. Barca are at the bottom of the group with two straight losses, adding more pressure to Ronald Koeman. Yes, and, and I think a lot of the blame is inevitably going to fall on Ronald Koeman, whether fairly or unfairly. Uh, I personally think that he is only partly to blame. I think he is at fault because when you have players like uh, Gerard Piquet and Sergio Busquets, Pedri, Memphis Depay on your team, and these are not nobodies, you know, they're big names. You should be at least able to get a little bit more out of them compared to what they delivered against uh, Benfica. But at the same time, I feel that it's not his fault that the club can't afford the right players to suit their system or their, their style of play. So it, it all boils down back to money and, and Barca's financial problems. And there's a lot of talk about, oh, Koeman out and all that. I think the problem runs a lot deeper. And until they sort out their finances, it, it's not going to get better anytime soon. Remember, Barcelona used to have Suarez, Neymar, Messi as their main strikers. Now they only have Memphis Depay, who's like their main striker right now. I don't think it's good enough for Barca standards since 2008 or 2009. They are really not at their best right now and it's not Kuman's fault. Again, I have to agree with Nick. To us, for the sacking of Kuman, I don't think that's quite fair. You know, like Nick said, it's the it's the financial problem. It's just dark days for Barcelona. So I, if, they, if they write this out, I think they can get back to where they were. But patience is the key right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Barca fans have that kind of patience like Liverpool fans or, you know, those kind of fans. Talking about patience, uh, Barca will definitely need it. Um, earlier this week, La Liga announced that they're slashing Barca's spending cap again. The new figure is just 97 million euros compared to Real Madrid's spending cap of 740 million. It's definitely not going to help them bounce back. Yeah, it, it's not. And I, I remember reading an article somewhere that said that Watford, that plays in uh, what Championship or, or League One in the UK, have more money to spend than Barcelona. You know, this is a team that's used to superstars. And with that kind of budget, you're just not going to get those kind of players. And it's their management fault, you know, because they, they used to splurge all the money they have for star players. And it's it's biting them back in their Arsenal back, oh. I guess. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Simply put, they were doing a Leeds. 
moving on to other Champions League matches. Uh, Juventus beat defending champions Chelsea 1-0. Guys, uh, what went wrong with the Blues? Uh, well, if you look at the stats, Chelsea, I think, controlled over 70% of possession, but they struggled to create chances against Juve. And, and the Blues just looked a little less sharp, you know, especially when we saw the Lukaku and Kai Havertz miss a few good chances. But at the end of the day, I think more, more than all that, it was a case of Chelsea being caught napping because Juventus caught their goal straight from kickoff in the second half, I think like 10 seconds after kickoff. And you know the saying in football, they say that you, you cannot let your guard down. You need to give 100% straight from the time the ref blows the whistle. But Chelsea did let their guard down and they paid the price for it. Because of letting their guard down, Juve currently topped their group three points ahead of Chelsea. Manchester City lost uh, 2-0 to PSG. Good news for Lionel Messi. He finally scored. About time, isn't it? Finally, uh, he's breaking his duck. He's scoring duck at PSG. Um, I think it's a good win for PSG, uh, especially for Messi against his former manager, Pep Guardiola. Remember that City were the finalists last season. So it's a good statement made by PSG uh, by signing Messi, trying to win the Champions League this time round. And I think Messi has scored in 17 consecutive Champions League season. Am I right? Yeah, because he's been playing forever. So (laughs) it was a good time for him to score. It was uh, in the Champions League against Pep Guardiola to continue his scoring streak in the Champions League. But... I'm pretty sure it wasn't only him that have scored 17 seasons consecutively, right? Who else has scored in 17? Ronaldo? I think Ronaldo and wasn't it Karim Benzema as well? The first player ever to score Benzema, yes. Yeah. As for Manchester United, they beat Villarreal 2-1, but um, it was an unconvincing win. Guys, it seems that every podcast, right, we have something to say about Oli. Is there anything for you guys to add this time around? Yes. Cristiano Ronaldo will take the headlines because he scored the winning goal in injury time and all that. But I think the headlines are masking the fact that United played badly. They were poor for huge portions of the game. And if not for poor finishing from from Villarreal and a number of good saves from David De Gea, United could have been two or even three goals down. Right? They were also lucky, right? If you look at United's equalizer, there was an element of luck in it. How when Telles took his his shot, it somehow just missed everyone else in the box. And then and it went in, you know, one touch by someone and it would have been deflected. Yeah, a win is a win, whether you play badly or not. But if you look at the bigger picture, this is becoming a problem for United. How many more times are you going to get lucky? How many times can you expect Ronaldo to come to your rescue? Ole is not fixing the problem. That is the problem. And I am getting closer, much, much closer to jumping on the bandwagon uh, about this hashtag Ole out thing. So watch out, Ole. Yeah, and you see, you have mentioned before, right? One of Ole's problems is that he doesn't make changes or improvements either, you know, in the game or from match to match. You know, he picks one tactic or, or, or one strategy and he just sticks with that and hopes for the best. But the problem is, you know, just because it worked for one match, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for another. So... Yeah, a win, yes, against Villarreal. But I think all it does is just buy him a little bit extra time. That's all. And I hope Ole sees the Donny van der Beek clip when I think United was bringing on Fred as a sub. Did you guys see the clip? Yeah, he where, where quite... he was quite pissed off at not, not yeah, being chosen. Was... Yeah, I don't think he was quite pissed off. I think he was very pissed off about that. <laughs> 
other notable Champions League results, uh, there was a shock defeat for Real Madrid. Unlike Bob Marley, they didn't shoot the Sheriff, uh, losing 2-1 to Moldovan <laughs> club Sheriff Tiraspol. Yeah, that was a bit of a stretch. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a good effort, though. It was a good effort. Uh, I think this is, this is one of those matches that, to me personally, I like because it's an upset. The Minos beating the Giants, uh, a Moldovan club. Who would have thought uh, there's a club called Sheriff in this world, right? And winning 2-1 against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. It has has to be a great, great moment for, for their players, for their managers, for the club. Unfortunately for Benzema, although he, he was the first ever player to score in 17 consecutive Champions League season, his milestones were, were marred by, by the defeat. Yeah, this one I think was just it, it. It was a night where everything that Real Madrid tried didn't work out, and everything that Sheriff tried, everything they touched, it it just turned to gold, you know. Uh, and they also have their keeper to thank as well, because I remember reading the stats: the Sheriff keeper apparently had to make at least ten good saves from Real. But unlike Barcelona's case, I think for Real this defeat is just a blip, you know, because Real is still a solid team. It's just in this particular match, it, it just didn't work out for them, lah. All right, Liverpool hammered Porto 5-1. But next up will be their biggest test yet in the group stage, away against Atletico Madrid, the same Atletico who had a 2-1 win over AC Milan. And in another match, uh, Inter drew 0-0 with Shakhtar Donetsk. As for the Europa League, uh, West Ham maintained a 100% start with a 2-0 win over Rapid Vienna. Leicester lost 1-0 to Legia Warsaw. Over in the Europa Conference, Tottenham thrashed Mura 5-1. As for this weekend, we have the Premier League. Current leaders Liverpool will be at home to reigning champions Man City. It's still early in the campaign, guys, but this is definitely one of the matches that could influence where the title actually goes. Definitely, Faisal. Definitely. Um, Manchester City as the defending champions against Liverpool uh, has to be one of the biggest match this season. Their last match, City beat Chelsea 1-0 and I'm pretty sure Pep Guardiola won't be happy after losing 2-0 to PSG. So maybe, just maybe, uh, City are going to... Uh, definitely, they want to bounce back from this defeat and... I personally think it's going to be one heck of a match this Sunday. Yeah, and you also have to remember that it's been a crazy week for City, you know, playing Chelsea, PSG, and then now Liverpool all in the span of just a few days. So maybe also fatigue could play a part in in how this match uh, turns out. City, if you remember, played a very high-pressing game against Chelsea where it worked out for them. Uh, But this style, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you physically, which could be why they weren't as effective against uh, PSG. And with the Liverpool game coming just a few days after the Champions League tie, you wonder if if they have enough time to, to rest and, and recover and all that. But yeah, like, like you mentioned, Karam, City will want to bounce back. And, and I think they'll be, at least mentally, like, they'll be very fired up for this one. And uh, for Liverpool, I think they too will be fencing their chances because you know, you're playing at Anfield and, and that in itself is is motivation to win. Another interesting fact is Liverpool has the most goals scored this season in the Premier League with 15, while City has the best defence record. They just let in one goal in six matches. So I hope it's not going to be a stalemate. I hope it's going to be goals galore at Anfield in front of a home-packed crowd, right? 
Yeah, as a Liverpool fan myself, I'd love to see them win. But given how they played against Brentford, they conceded three goals. Uh, my sizable gut tells me it could be a draw. I'll take a 3-3 draw instead of a nil-nil draw, Faisal. As for other fixtures, <laughs> Manchester United host Everton. Chelsea are at home against Southampton. Tottenham face Aston Villa. Arsenal are away at Brighton. And uh, Crystal Palace take on Leicester. Now let's move away from football to badminton. We have the Sudirman Cup in Finland. Malaysia beat England 3-2. And our B team had a 5-0 win over Egypt. A 4-1 loss to uh, Japan means that we finished second in the group. Now, guys, the initial target was to reach the quarterfinals. So, uh, yeah, mission accomplished. Yes, mission accomplished. And it's great to see uh, our young shuttlers pre- uh, representing the country uh, for so long. For, for, for a very long time, we've seen the same faces uh, representing our country in all the tournaments, all the major tournaments. So it's very, very refreshing to see the likes of Ngzi Young, Eski Sona, uh, Pulitan and Emtina playing in the Sudirman Cup. And although they lost 4-1 to Japan, uh, they put up a great fight though. It was very entertaining and they've reached their target, which is the quarterfinals. It's going to be one heck of a match because we are going to be facing our arch enemy, Indonesia, in the quarterfinals. Also happening this weekend is MotoGP with the teams racing at the Grand Prix of the Americas. Now be sure to catch the race and the remainder of the Sudirman Cup live on Astro. With that, we have come to the end of yet another Potball Sportscast. It's been great chatting with you guys always. I am Faisal Merikan. I am Karami Kamil. And I am Nicholas John. Stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. 